One of the benefits of this lockdown has been time to garden. My wife Karen's veggie patch has never looked so good, yielding enough for our little family and enough pesto, <laughs> basil pesto, for all the bartering that was going on with all the neighbours. I'm such a small little thing, but it was so fruitful. And friends, fruitfulness is such an attractive thing. This idea that what you sow grows. It's such a great reminder that with enough care, nurturing, patience, and in the right season, what we sow grows. So right off the bat this morning, um, let's, let's make sure you sow what you want to grow. But that's actually a podcast for another day. So back to fruitfulness. The Bible has so much to say about fruit. It tells us that you can tell a tree by its fruit, meaning that the quality of the tree is known by the quality of the fruits born to that tree. This literally means that the tree should not be judged by its appearance, but by the fruit which is generated by it. So don't, don't tell me you're a Christian. Show me. And there better be quality fruit. Jesus you know, even cursed the fig tree for its unfruitfulness. You know, side note, how did he know it was a fig tree if there was no fruit? No, that's a joke. Um, there should be no question about what type of tree you are. Lemons don't grow on apple trees. Oranges don't grow on lychee trees. It's saying God's trees, you and me, being a follower of Jesus, well, it should bear a certain kind of fruit. That makes it obvious for all people to see and help identify the type of tree. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Imagine a daily audit of your fruit bowl. I mean, it could be quite a humbling thing. Imagine checking in at the end of the day with not how's it hanging, but hey, what's hanging? Things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. These are the right kind of fruit. And these make amazingly refreshing salads for those people you encounter every day. So sow the right kind of fruit to grow the right kind of fruit. And that's our morning's challenge number one. Challenge two is to increase our faithful fruitfulness. The Bible reminds us that the, the unfruitful vines get pruned. I remember the first time I ever came to repentance was directly after reading in Luke 13, 6, that a man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard and he went to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. He said to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three years now I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. Friends, I remember reading that for the first time and I knew immediately that God was talking directly to me. I'd been taking so much for granted, but never really produced any fruit. Guys, being fruitful is a big deal in the kingdom. We aren't just trees enjoying the benefits, safety, security, comfort of the garden. We are to be fruitful. We need God to prepare the soil, which can be painful. We need God to continuously water and provide us with good nutrients, the fertilizer of his word and spirit. We need to realize that we are in his garden, that we live to bear fruit. 
And that is the only choice we have. And the final challenge this morning is we are pruned by our struggles, so never give up. Let us stand firm in faith and allow God to move you through it. As we heard the other day, consider it pure joy when you encounter trials and struggles. You are being pruned to become more fruitful. I mean, back to Karen's veggie patch. Like We love to watch butterflies. And one day we actually noticed the cocoon and we started watching the cocoon. It was like a homeschool teaching moment of note. And, and you know, one day there was a small opening that appeared in a cocoon. We sat and watched for a butterfly for several hours as it struggled to force its body through the little hole. Then it seemed to stop making any progress for a while. Um, it appears as if it had gotten as far as it could and it couldn't go any further. So we decided to help the butterfly. We took a pair of scissors and opened the cocoon and the butterfly that emerged easily had a withered body and was tiny with shriveled wings. We continued to watch because we expected that at any moment the wings would open, enlarge and expand and be able to support the butterfly's body to become firm. But neither happened. In fact, the butterfly spent the rest of its life crawling around with a withered body and shriveled wings. It was never able to fly. What we in our kindness and our goodwill did not understand was that the restricting cocoon and the struggle required for the butterfly to get through the tiny opening were God's way of forcing fluid from the body into its wings so that it would be ready for flight once it had achieved its freedom from the cocoon. See, friends, sometimes the struggles are exactly what we need in our life. If God allowed us to go through our life without any obstacles, it would actually cripple us. Struggles are a mechanism of pruning and increasing our fruitfulness. So we need to learn to push through. This morning, let us push through in prayer. Let us push through in intimacy and intercession and in obedience, knowing that God is at work in you. If we tap out, if we give up, we will never be able to fly. I asked to be fruitful, and God gave me a good pruning. I received nothing I wanted, but I received everything I needed. Our Father, who art in heaven, we praise you and thank you today. May your kingdom reign here on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you for your spirit. Open our eyes to your word. Give us all we need to become fruitful. We trust you today and always. Amen.